up, you guys? Welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. I am your host, Ro The Show. In this podcast, we're gonna take you down, pass your guard, and then steal your girl. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. I'm your host, Ro The Show. For those of you tuning in for the first time and you were wondering what this podcast is going to be about, this podcast is about mixed martial arts, jujitsu, and just complete ratchetness, really. Today is April 20th, 2020. And so I just want to say... 420, baby. 420, wake and bake. Wake and bake. Happy 4-2-0 for those of you celebrating. Uh, so today, uh, I am joined by, you know, obviously my co-host, uh, Evan, the show. For those of you that don't Evan know. Evan, the show, baby. Evan, the show. Hit me up at all the instant media. <laughs> Evan, the show at juiceforjesus.org. Evan, the show at Grinder, And of course, Evan, the show at The Voice. Make sure, <laughs> make sure you check him out on Grinder, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and today, um, our, our guest for today is my friend, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon, it, for those of you that have never met Brandon, Brandon is a former male model <laughs> and he is also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Brandon, you want to introduce yourself? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is BFH. I am friends with Ro. I'm friends with Evan. And yes, I've seen Evan on Grinder. And he was categorized by a cub. And right off the bat, I asked my kid friend who's gay, I said, you're a twink. He said, you're a twink? I said, what would I be? He said, you'd be a cub because you could cuddle. So we have to figure out what Roe would be tonight if he were categorized in the gay category. I'm a cub. Evan's a cub. What would Roby? We have to find out tonight. <laughs> Stay tuned, you guys. We have it's a special like a episode. <laughs> yeah. This went gay real fast. <laughs> Sorry about that. We we are a, a, a gay friendly uh, show, by the way. Uh, just these guys are just complete banter right now. <laughs> Anyway, so BF- so Brandon, how do you uh how'd you how did you get BFH as a name? When I was 18 years old, I was a hellraiser. I was getting into trouble, and my mother said, she said, "Son, I'm gonna name you a name because you're so badass. Your name is Brandon Fucking Hughes." And basically, what I would do is, I am so obsessed with a musician named Henry Rollins. And he had a hit song in the 90s called Liar. So what I used to do is i go to parties and we would destroy somebody's house. And so we go to the Lotsoff, that's Evan's last name. We go to their house. <laughs> uh, dump that. And, and <laughs> we, go to, <laughs> we, go to, we, we go to Evan Letts' his house. And we would basically start partying. We'd destroy the place. And then I would sing a song by Henry Rollins called Liar. And the song Liar was a hit song, and you just got the crowd riled up, and I was just out of control. My mom's like, dude, you're BFH, you're Brandon fucking Hughes, and that's with an apostrophe. No G. <laughs> got it. That's the long and short of it. Yeah. 
Bro, <laughs> <laughs> how did you get your nickname? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, Road to show. Um, you know, a lot of people. You stole it from me. <laughs> I stole that's it from why, Evan. That's why I'm on this podcast. He had proprietary Reparate. rights, and I just pretty much just bought the Instagram name, and uh, you know, here we go. <laughs> Beat him to the punch, baby. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Road to Show came about uh, by uh, one of my fighters. When I, when I used to own a boxing gym, I w- would spar. And, you know, some of my students and some of the, you know, clientele, it was a small gym. So, you know, I guess, like, I'd be, I'd be like, considered, like, one of the big fish at, at, at the gym, which I completely am not. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, my style is pretty, uh, you know, m- mobility uh, uh control or that's really my style like more uh counter punching mobility and uh you know and the way that the ring was set up like the whole gym would be watching so you know one of my one of my uh, fighters called me road a show because it was always a show or something like that so that's how i got my nickname um you know and and thank god because you know like imagine i came up with my own nickname road a show and just <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I'm here. I'm Rhoda Show. Yeah, I'm Rhoda Show. Yeah, yeah, and then a couple of years ago, when I was like uh, looking for a website, you know, and you know, I just Rhoda Show just seemed to roll off, you know, the tongue a little bit better. So that's pretty much, um, you know, been my handle all this time. So Rhoda Show on Instagram, Rhoda Show website, and um, and yeah. So, but thanks for asking. Easy to remember. Huh? Catchy and easy to remember. Yeah, kind of like Ratchet Dojo, you know what I mean? And that's a, you know, I, I actually, I actually want to tell people like, you know, how Ratchet Dojo came about. It just so, for those of you don't know, that don't know, I'm a, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and bla, uh, a black belt, and uh, I train at a Mendes boxing gym, and I, I was training Jiu Jitsu privately in the corner of the gym and it's just completely ratchet like it's always dirty the you know for those of you that's been to boxing gyms it's like it's always it's a dump you know and you know normally you know the mats would be clean and stuff like that and i'd be training all these like models and like uh, uh wealthy people in this little ratchet uh uh area and if you go to my Instagram, it's the first picture. That's literally the 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 name of it, Ratchet Doja. I just kept calling it that. And everybody, as a matter of fact, um, your friend or your <laughs> Paul Banks was the one that suggested. Oh, my God. Paul Banks was the one that actually, because he follows me on Instagram. And um, and he was like, you know, that's, that's, a guy, that's a good name. Maybe you should, you know, make T-shirts out of that. And it was it was kind uh-huh. of a joke. It, 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 that's how Ratchet Doja came you know, to be, it's just, it was just a joke and I just wanted to do something fun and, and, and then now we're, we're up to a podcast. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Huh? That's the fact that Paul Banks told you that just made me come in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, so and I, yeah, he has a ratchet dojo shirt actually. So, you know, he has a hoodie. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. You're in good company here, buddy. <laughs> ah, well, for those of you who don't know, Roe the show is a champion Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's also a elite top trainer at the Mendez Boxing Gym, and I was just looking at his Instagram because he has like 
60,000 followers as of today. He's lying. And I, He's lying. I'm going to make it 60,001. But anyway, <laughs> He's friends with this guy, Paul Banks, who I'm obsessed with. He's the singer of the greatest band. And you're going to hear it right now. I wrote a hit song. Now, I wrote a hit song when it was a devastating heartbreak. And this is right up Paul Banks' alley. Now, we have two choices for this song to be produced. It's either by Sinead O'Connor or Paul Banks. Isn't Sinead O'Connor like a diehard Muslim now and just like out of her mind? Probably. That's the perfect person to sing my song, dude. <laughs> what was the name of the... Uh, uh, it was Interpol, right, that Paul was uh, part of? Interpol? Interpol is, uh, Interpol is the name of the band. Paul Banks is the singer. You can find him at Interpol.com. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, every time I see Interpol live, bro, I get backstage. Somehow, some way, I, I sneak backstage and I get a photo with him. And I tell him how we should be best friends. Now it's going to be a lot easier because, because you train him. It's going to be a lot easier just to go in and, and do a private lesson. And you know, we and I always fantasize about him, not in that way, but in a way of like he should be not only doing boxing but also Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And what would happen is how Evan and I became best friends at jiu-jitsu uh, because we became training partners. And then Evan left uh, to go to another academy. Big mistake. Not not a brown belt. But, uh, you know, we, the, the deal is, uh, in replace of him, I always fantasized about Paul Banks showing up to class. And, you know, because he's, because he's not Brazilian, uh, the Brazilian instructors wouldn't pay attention to him. But because I know who he is, we become, you know, black belt, white belt, training partners, best friends. And then I become his security guard. And, you know, the rest is history. Uh, but no joke. I like Interpol also, bro. If you could get us into a concert, that'd be sick. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mix business with pleasure. <laughs> we tell Paul that we could like split a private with you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, actually, Paul's, no, Paul's a really cool guy. Paul's a really cool guy. He's just very low-key. He comes into the gym, gets gets to work. He, he's he's a big boxing head, actually. So, you know, he's been he's been training for over 10-plus years. And, uh, you know, and he, 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 like, bounces around all over the place. So it's really hard to keep uh, to catch up with him. So um, I know. But you know what, dude? I'm a big boxing fan, too. And I'm hard to get a hold of, too. We have what I'm saying is Paul Banks and I we have a lot in common. Let's just let's just you know, three best friends, and that's a done deal. Now I have a question for you because you are you are a boxing uh, expert. In a street fight, what would you what would be your combo in a street fight, bro? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it really just depends on the situation. I always think about that. Uh, you know, as I got older and the more information I got, you know, you when you punch someone. You know, you could really hurt someone and then, you know, you're liable. So, you know, I often think about that. So if obviously multiple attackers, I'd use my boxing, you know, one person and I definitely go for a Kimura and, you know, I don't know, pop their shoulder or something. Who would you say is the most dangerous street fighter? What ethnicity? What? Is what? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> Uh, um, that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, I watch a lot of, uh, you know, YouTube and, you know, they're usually in the Bronx. 
So oh my God. I don't know what, what what demographics. The Dominicans, bro. The Dominicans. God. I don't know, man. The Rumble in Orlando. Oh my God. The Rumble in the Bronx. Every time I train with this one guy in Orlando, who's a great guy, he's a black belt. He 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 goes wild. And I was at work about a month ago before we got shut down to the coronavirus, and uh, my friend showed me a video of a, a rumble in the Bronx, which is where all these Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, they just go ham on each other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the, the I, I've, I have seen it. You have ever seen like the little people uh, going at it? It's like a championship thing. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty friggin' hardcore, man. He's got, got these little guys that just, just going at it. You ever seen in that? Thailand? No, no, in the Bronx. Midget, no. Midget. I think the correct term is little people, but yeah. <laughs> well, all right, let me ask you a question. What about this summer when things settle down in New York and we're allowed to have uh, multiple people in a house? Why don't we go up to your roof and we rent the little people to box for us for now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, BFH, you shouldn't have... You should have led with that instead of telling the story about how you used to go to people's houses and destroy them singing that Black Flag song. I don't you think can't. I was ever going to let you into this place ever again. <laughs> I know. I know. And that was the whole thing. That's why I was on my best behavior. <laughs> so this, this, see, see this, did this. You ever meet? For those of you listening, this should like give you the encouragement that you know we all come from different walks of life, and if Brandon could be a black belt, then so can you. <laughs> Dude, Marcelo for eight years held me back as a brown belt. I can't believe it; it's insane. But you know, Mateus Lutis, he gets him in three years. I mean, you know, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Can I say it on your show? What? Uh, yeah, you can. Why would he hold me back? Uh, do you really think he held you back? Or, you know, I mean, because, you know, it's rewarded based on your attendance, you know, your you know, like performance, you know, if you're getting better or not, how you, because Marcelo has a, you know, high standard of uh, promotion. I, I mean, I'm a black belt under Marcelo, but I have noticed that, you know, his standards are, are very, very high, you know, not, not high. just, not just on the mats, but also outside the mats. And, and that's the thing. That's he, right. he, he holds you to a high standards, you know? That's why I stopped going to house parties and destroying the place. <laughs> <laughs> So for so so wait so for eight years you were going to house parties as a brown belt and destroying them. <laughs> he was going to Marcelo's house, knocking on the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marcelino, let me in! <laughs> hey, don't take off the toilet cover. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, once I found out what happened with Dylan and Munch, I was on my best behavior. You know, and that was like a fast stop. Fast uh, track. that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, there were there were there were a few promotions where DFH uh, didn't get anything, and um, we had some interesting conversations after. <laughs> I, had, I had to like talk him off the ledge of like 
<laughs> doing some terrible shit. Hey, there's a guy. There's a guy. There's a guy, Jesse Mack, who I remember when he was walking down the street a couple years ago, <laughs> and he was. We went to that barbecue joint after the uh, the YMCA promotion, and he was ripping mad. Mm. He was ripping mad. He said it was because he was white he wasn't getting promoted. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the facts have been changed to protect the innocent. Oh, my God. And I just remember, it was like a whole crew behind him, and he was just preaching. He's like, it's because I'm white. That's why I'm not getting promoted. <laughs> <laughs> and I joined in with him, too. I was like, and it's because I'm white, too. <laughs> but do, no, but do you really? You're Native American. <laughs> I actually am Native American. I'm 25%. Lakota Sioux, Native American. I'm wearing my cowboy hat without a shirt, and it's getting very hot in my room because heat rises. I might take off my pants in a moment. <laughs> so for I'm those of you, take them off right now. So, so for those of you that that that's never seen uh, Brandon, he's a uh, he's an interesting guy. Um, if you go on his Instagram, uh, and he can. I'll, I'll give him an opportunity whether he wants to share that or not. But, uh, you know, you could always, I, I call him the Stetson man because he's always on top of a horse and, you know, with a cowboy hat on. <laughs> I'm wearing my cowboy hat right now. Yes. Forever BFH. And, and, and so, okay. So what are you wearing right now? You, you're wearing your cowboy hat. You said you had shorts. You took off your shorts. I'm wearing absolutely Are you going commando? I'm wearing absolutely nothing right now but a cowboy hat. <laughs> and a cow cowboy boots or no cowboy boots? You know, I just bought no, I'm just wearing uh, flip flops. <laughs> flip flops right now. Flip flops and a cowboy hat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so maybe this is why it took you eight years to get your black belt. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, so, how long have have you, you been training jujitsu? Total Janu January third, two thousand two. So, what's the math on that, uh, Evan? Nineteen years? Yeah, eighteen years. Damn. Damn, dude. Damn, baby. Let me just tell you. Let me tell you guys something. The guy rode the show's no joke. When he would roll up, the reason why the people gave him that nickname was because it's the truth. I used to train with Roe, and he would sweep me left. He'd sweep me right. And I, I swore to God, I'm like, this guy's the same age I am. He has to be on steroids. But it was 100% natural, baby. Submissions, guard pass, mouth, take the back. I mean, dude, it was a clinic, and I'm just like, dude, I got to start either doing push-ups, and that's why I discovered that Rose, a uh, champion boxer, and then obviously I'm like, all right, dude, badass. But he used to go left, right, any which way. I was like, dude, and it was a different level. And then it changed my life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How did it change your life, Brandon? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a guy we went to his, Super Bowl party, and I would always train with him after you, and I would just beat him up afterwards. <laughs> nice guy, nice guy. Oh my god, nice guy, nice guy. <laughs> so, so Brandon, uh, give people an opportunity to get a, get to know who you are. Let's just say you we're a dating service, and you know you're like you just telling everyone or telling the potential ladies or men, whatever you're into, um, maybe little people as well. 
you know, tell them, <laughs> <laughs> tell them who you are. Who am I? That's the question. Who is BFH? BFH is a man who's interested in only women. Thank you very much, Rob. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, at one time, though, I did have Grinder. I saw Evan. I deleted it. <laughs> you know so, what I'm saying? When I first saw Grinder, I, I didn't understand it. But you know, I mean, it became a joke, and that's how I realized. Okay, okay, got it. It's for the alternative crowd. But you know, I mean, I saw <laughs> I saw the posters all over New York City, so I kind of got the the gist. <laughs> Anna, let me ask you a question because we're all in the martial arts. Do you guys ever? Ah, forget it. Forget no, it. No, no. Now you have to ask it. <laughs> yeah, you have to ask it. <laughs> Do you ever wonder who's gay in the room or who isn't? <laughs> of course, that's like ninety-nine percent of our conversation. Really? <laughs> in the in the uh, chat room. Like in, in no, our, don't, don't talk about the chat room. Don't talk about the chat room. No, but we're, you know, there's definitely that whole. Uh, it's so, know. it's so weird. A lot of people think I'm gay, which is weird. <laughs> well, you kind of give off that vibe, you know. I mean, you, you, you're, you are like, you know, just wearing a cowboy hat right I'm, on right now. <laughs> no clothes. <laughs> no clothes. I, you walk into Marcella's wearing just a cowboy hat. No clothes. <laughs> People think you're gay. I wonder why. I'm, uh, I'm here for the I'm here for the A30 event. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's speaking tonight, Bernardo? And I'm bent over as I'm saying this. Oh who's my there? god. Who's speaking tonight, Bernardo? Who's speaking tonight? <laughs> nah, dude. Let's let's talk about. I started training jujitsu. I fell in love. Then in 2000, I'm going to give you who I am in one paragraph. Jiu-Jitsu, 100%. We know this. I fell in love, 2010. Two years later, the woman of my dreams walks away. I go to a Coldplay concert. I see Chris Martin of Coldplay running around on stage. I said, that looks pretty cool. I buy a guitar, start writing music. I realize that Jiu-Jitsu is the best, but now I'm writing music. I'm writing love songs. I listen to country music, Outlaw Country. I develop a drinking habit because I like to drink because all of my heroes are drinking. And then I basically got my black belt in jujitsu, started doing a lot of med meditation, drank some more, and that's it, dude. That's it. Cool story, bro. <laughs> BFH, where did you start training jujitsu? Was it? At MG, Matt, or was it uh... Matt, Matt the Terra Sarah, bro? Maddie the Terra Sarah. So in Long Island, came... was it in Long Island? Yes, it was Matt the Terra Sarah, and he had two schools on Long Island. He has one in East Meadow, and then one in Huntington. And the place was really one of the most fun environments in the world, and it breeded like barbarians. It was really the most fun training. The guys were animals. Heel hooks, dude, the, the equalizer was the heel hook. If you were a blue belt, because the school was located next to Hostra, all the D1 wrestlers would come in and they'd sign up because once their college career 
of wrestling was over, they go into jujitsu for the next phase of their life. And, uh, you know, these guys, you know, we're jujitsu based off our back. So these guys would just be a train wreck running through us. Imagine Chris Weidman, you know, the UFC champion. So you have a guy, he's a beast. You have a guy like him coming in, you're a blue belt. You see Matt Seller looking at you like, all right, I better do something. So you would just, he'll hook everybody. And, uh, dude, it was, you know, it was the best. And, uh, so you you guys had blue belts, like, Doing heel hooks? From day one, row, white belts were taught leg locks, 100%. Oh my God. <laughs> and you would crank it, dude. And I was just laughing today because I used to referee for Naga. When Naga was a legit tournament, they used to have, I was laughing to myself on the memory lane today about how Naga, North American Grappling Association, Kip Collar used to have, I, I was one of the referees, and he used to have, three or four super fights and it was class all the way. And he would pay these guys like $2,000 to do a super fight, like a thousand to show a thousand to win. So you had, you know, like the most elite guys, you had Marcelo and all these guys competing thousands of people in the, in the crowd. And they would want, they would stop all the matches to put on the super fights. They were 10 minutes or 15 and they used the entire match. So if I shot in for a single leg on you, I could run it a hundred feet down to the <laughs> end, end of the as long as I got it. But dude, imagine the place went nuts, you know. And now it's just a bunch of steroid freaks in their thirties and forties who obviously follow MMA and they know submissions. Maybe they were a high school wrestler, but you're going to have these muscle bound steroid freaks that you know they crank a heel hook and dude, the injuries must be insane. Yeah, that's that's why I asked. I'm like, what? You know, because, you know, in our academy or the academy, um, certain academies don't let you practice any heel hooks until you're like a brown belt. So Not at all. Not at all. And from, But from day one, the Sarahs taught you leg locks. It's street self-defense, dude. And matter of fact, when I was a blue belt, we had this guy, Monster, and he was a bouncer. Well, he goes into the club, and it was right by Hofstra. And, uh, you know, he walks into the bathroom and there's a guy selling coke. So Monster grabs him, rushes him outside the door. The guy starts punching Monster in the face. Monster trips and he hits his head on the concrete. And now he still has mental, like the the muscle memory grips on the guy. The other bouncers are trying to get the guy off Monster. The guy won't let go. The only thing Monster had was a heel hook. So as the bouncers lifted the guy off the mount of Monster, Monster sinks in a heel hook in, in, in a street fight, cranks it, pops the guy's knee, uh-huh. pop, 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 pop. The guy's fucking going ape shit bonkers. Monster goes online when like SureDog.com and, and all these big websites were, were popular back in the day, posts all these notes about it. Well, the next day, the, 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 the police show up at his house and they, they question him like, dude, well, what exactly happened? Matt Sarah's freaking out, and he's like, "That's when he's like, all right, let's tone down the heel hooks here." Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> did, was Matt Sarah teaching a lot of the classes at that point, or had he checked out? Was this before he? This was way before he became champion, right? Matt would only not teach the classes when he focused on his UFC fights. And let me let me just tell you this: when I started jujitsu, 
I had no confidence and I was picked on in high school. I was bullied and, you know, it was really bad. And, you know, jujitsu, people say it changes your life. It changes your life. It really, it really builds the, the positive state in you. And, and I'll tell you this. I had a guy in high school and, uh, well, two stories about Matt Sarah. The guy's a real warrior. We know this, but Matt Sarah told me, I said, Hey, Matt, you know, I was like maybe six, seven months in, maybe about a year in. I said, Matt, I got a guy from high school. I just saw him. He's picking on me. And meanwhile, I'm like 23 years old. So like, I'm still like harping on high school, but I see the guy at the bar. He's still breaking my balls. I said, Matt, what do I do? He's like, dude, you fucking take him down to Chinatown. <laughs> so sure enough, sure enough, it was my friend's older brother. I'm about a year into jujitsu. I'm feeling good. I'm making friends like Will, like Evan. We're feeling good. I call the guy up. And uh, I said, hey, is, uh, is you know, Ro, do you have a brother? We'll call him, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, what Rob. was your brother's name? Be? Rob. Rob, okay. Is, uh, Rob Vidal. Is, 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 <laughs> is, 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 uh, is Yusuf there? And uh, so basically, <laughs> so basically, Yusuf's on the phone with me. You know, I'm just using a random name. But, uh, you know, the guy's like, what's up, bitch? What's up, motherfucker? I'm like, God, you're really mean and nasty. Don't say those things again. And he's like, you motherfucker, you little bitch. I said, say that one more time, Yusuf. I'm going to come to your house and beat you up. So he calls me a little bitch. I hang up the phone. I jump in my car. And I run into his his yard. And I'm ripping his door. I'm like, get outside and fight me. Fight me. And he's like, whoa. Whoa, you're a maniac. I said, yeah, that's right. Don't you ever call me a name again. Apologize. And through his screen, the only thing separating us was his screen. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I said, fine. And I buried the hatchet. And then what I did a couple other times was um, I found bullies on online, like Facebook, years later. And I'm like, you know, dude, you picked on me in high school. Now that I can do jujitsu, let's do a street fight. And they're like, dude, you need a, you need a lot of help. Uh, sorry. <laughs> please please you know don't ever contact me again i'm uh, sorry for that but uh you know good, good luck and you know i will i will <laughs> i'll tell you tell you matt sarah told me the one time you know because again i grew up without that self-confidence so here you have a guy matt sarah was a street fighter you know he grew up fighting and i said matt i got that you know big grappling tournament grapplers quest coming up and he goes all right man yeah you're gonna do great I'm like, well, what happens if I get the guy in an armbar or a Kimura and he doesn't tap? And he's like, you break it. You break it with bad intentions. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is the coolest guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and, God. <laughs> and the first three tournaments I ever did, I lost. And I'm like at the gas station pumping. You know, I drove everybody up there. And that's like, what's wrong, buddy? What's wrong? And I'm like, well, I just, that's the third turn, tournament I lost. He's like, don't worry, buddy. But if you, if you lose one more, you're off the team. <laughs> <laughs> and did you win? Did you win the next I, one? The next one I, yeah, of course, the next one I won. And then after that, you know, I started my legacy of world championship titles, goals, and all that stuff. So did you switch to Marcella? What, at what point did you switch to Marcella? What made you leave? All right, well, here's what we have going on. In... <laughs> Matt Sarah won the UFC belt. His brother Nick won some big 
Uh, Ring of Ring of Combat probably. Uh, Ring, Ring of Combat. Nick the Mad Monkey Sarah the Mad Monkey. So you got the Terra and the Mad Monkey, two completely opposite people. So Evan, what's your nickname? Uh, the Turtle Power. Yeah. <laughs> the the, 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 the lazy turtle. The la- all right. Well, it's easier going forward just talking about people's nicknames. Like we got the show, the 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 teeny tiny turtle, BFH, the Terror, and the Bad Monkey. So here's what we got going on. Matt, he got his e- his ego. The Terror was so big, his ego that you know. Again, to answer your question, when Joe Scarola took over his school when he would get prepared for a UFC fight, and then he went on the Ultimate Fighter to coach, and he was doing his thing. So uh, I went to move. I was working at MTV at the time, and so I got an apartment in Brooklyn, and that's when YouTube exploded. And at the same time YouTube exploded, Marcelo Garcia moved to Manhattan to train at Studio X. And so that's when I started training there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the divide started happening on Long Island. Matt Seller went one way. His brother went a completely opposite way. Joe Scarola went one way. And it was kind of like a, a mafia tree branch. Everyone just divided up and, and went their own way. So that's when I started around 2006 was when I was with Marcelo Garcia at Studio X in, in Manhattan. And what was it like there? And what and how was it different to training at Sarah? Matt Sarah will never make you a world champion, but he'll make you a champion street fighter. He'll 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 make you a UFC champion. Uh, Marcelo Garcia will so make wait, you wait, a wait, world wait. champion. So just just to be clear, so so you were you said that he would never make you a world champion in jujitsu. Is that what you're saying? Because you just said that you know he'll turn you into UFC champion. So two different worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, he got took, it. Well, just for clarification. He, he his, yeah, he took his D off in two in two thousand one, and he was dude. He's ADCC, but he's focused on MMA, and so people people very tough will are looking for an MMA career. They're not looking to do, uh, you know, the Abu Dhabi trials. Right. You know, Gordon Ryan, if he were to go with Matt Sarah and Ray Longo, he'd be a great MMA fighter, but he would not uh, do well as a uh, jiu-jitsu world champion outside of, because that's not, that's... His, They're completely that's, different disciplines exactly. and focus. Yes, exactly. yeah. And that's then, not uh, what's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and and that's his passion, and that's what he he's doing. So, I mean, it's that's you know, I feel as if like you know, if the teacher is doing something, there's his or her students is going to start doing the same thing. So, well, you're going to attract a certain crowd, Correct. a certain clientele. Yeah, you and, know, ju- they don't and, care and, about- and we know, and we know that you know, uh, pure jujitsu and MMA jujitsu are two different worlds. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Now, Marcelo, what he used to do at Studio X is he would have a 6 o'clock to 7 and then 7 to 8.30 class. Every class as current would have about 60 to 70 guys in it. So he would have to cut the class in an A and B team. So A, team A would train for 5 minutes or 10 minutes. 
and then the beat team would come in. And then, but Matt Sarah, they would do King of the Hill, <clears throat> which was great. But the A and B team, you'd train for 10 minutes, you'd rest for 10 minutes. But, uh, I mean, it was, it was still, you know, smaller classes, so it was more intimate, but he taught everything. And uh, how long how long were you at Studio Actions before it imploded, and what was that like? Well, Fabio Clemente went to Brazil to get knee surgery. Josh Whiteskin took over the the privates with the hedge funder. So when they when they when he took over, uh, you know, basically Marcelo his contract was up, and he wanted to renew it. And the hedge fund guy said, absolutely not. He took Josh Whiteskin to become the head of Studio X. And then Marcelo and his wife moved to Florida. So. Wait, do you mean Josh Whiteskin or Josh Griffiths? I'm, Josh Griffiths. I'm sorry, Josh Griffiths. Yeah, Josh yeah. Griffiths. From Clockwork, the head of Clockwork. Clockwork. Yeah, but Mar- Marcelo was teaching all the classes. His contract was up. He wanted more money, obviously. You know, you're a rock star. You want what you're worth. You want your, your, a new contract. You want better for yourself. So the hedge funder, the backer, said no. So Marcelo and Tatiana, they went to Florida. Josh Whiteskin took over Studio X. I'm sorry. Josh Griffiths. Josh Griffiths. Josh Griffiths. So I'm thinking about surfing in Mexico right now. So anyway, (laughs) Josh Griffiths took over. And, uh, you know, basically, she was teaching the classes. But again, that divided everybody up. Now people went you know, here, here, and here, everyone was divided. And so, but, uh, that was around 2007. And then that's when I started going down around 2008 to Florida to train with Marcelo Garcia. So you lived there or did you, did you used to fly there, you know, once in a while? What did you do? I, I, here's exactly what I did the show. I went the week before the 2008 Nogi Pan Ams. And I trained with him at his Pembroke Pines location. I was doing two-a-days. It was just the best training. He had dodgeball. We would play tag. Again, it was smaller classes. So, you know, it's like till the man with the ball, like they would do like a football game. So, like, you, the three of us versus, like, these three guys or, you know, divided by six and six. But I would throw the ball to Evan, and then some guy's going to try to tackle you, like rugby or football, so you throw it to me. It was just so much fun, uh, great memories. And then I moved down in, but he, okay, here's exactly what I did. Two, I won the, I won the Nogi Pan Ams, purple belt, uh, medium heavy. January, I said, I'm moving, I'm quitting my job. I had a job at an office. I said, I'm moving to Florida. And Marcelo's down there and uh, the economy tanked. And I went to my friends. Uh, he owned an accounting firm. So he drafted me a letter that said, I, you know, Brandon, am going to be uh, quitting my job as of today. And uh, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. Well, that was, a, that was a Friday, rather, a Friday. And so my friend printed out for me. I put it in my pocket. When I go back to my job, uh, my manager, the owner of the company, he's on the phone and he's like, well, what do we do about Roe? What do we do about Evan? What do we do about BFH? What do we do about these guys? So I didn't give him the letter. Well, Monday comes around, and it's like 9 o'clock in the morning, and he walks up to my desk, and he goes, look, 
I got to lay you off because we're, we're going to go under. So I'm going to give you unemployment. Now think about my luck. Had I given him that letter. Yeah. You would have gotten nothing. So I, it was a, it was a snowy January day. I was on 28th street in, in Manhattan, 38th street, 38th street. And, uh, he gives me a severance check. I give him a hug. He hands me a letter that said, you know, I'm laying you off. Emails me. I walk outside. It starts snowing. And that was it. I packed my bags the very next day. I moved to Florida. And uh, they had a fighter house. And I was down in the fighter house for, I guess, six months. And uh, it was just the best training. 85 degrees every day training, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, collecting unemployment. Life was the best. <laughs> so you had no job. That is the best. We did two a days of pure jiu-jitsu. We would wake up, eat, train jiu-jitsu, go home, eat, rest, train jiu-jitsu, eat, sleep, repeat, rinse and repeat. Dude, it was the best life in the world. On the weekends, we'd go out, meet babes. We had a hundred babes all around us. They were dying for us. They said, you are Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters, we love you. You're real men. <laughs> and who else, who else was in that house with you? Anyone we know? Jimmy Lee Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Hike. Uh, Jake Shields was there. His brother was there. His brother was a beast. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, it was just, I have all these beautiful videos I have to get. I mean, we, we used to, like, tie our belts together. And we would have Jimmy climb up and down the house and in through seconds. <laughs> you know, it was it was a good time. And uh, man, we just gave our life to jujitsu. I mean, it was like, dude, I was Johnny Grippo. That's what I was doing with my life. It was just the best. That's awesome. And I collected so you, the that was your purple belt years. My purple belt years, dude, it was just the best. All right. And what what about the falling out with Marcellus? What made you leave? We, I had a lot of family problems, and we had a tough time, so I went, I went left, he went right. I went left, he went straight. So that's when you came back to New York? Yeah, well, so it's 2010. He, or 2009, 2009, we all moved back to New York to Marco Santos's school, and uh, at that time, I had a lot of family things going on. I had a lot of problems, so... I went mentally insane and that's when I started doing crystal meth and, you know, <laughs> you know uh, basically I was, uh, I received a handwritten letter politely asking me never to return to his gym. Mm. From, Mar from Marcelo or from someone else? Uh, from Marcelo and Tatiana. They, they said, please, uh, Please don't return. And this was in Florida or New York? Well, we all moved back to New York. Gotcha. Then uh, I was just, yeah, I was just so wild. I basically, uh, you know, well, I basically went to their house, performed the song Liar, and then, you know, they, they, they said, you can't train them with us anymore. <laughs> so then you went, did you go back to Sarah? I, well, he wouldn't let me back. He wouldn't let me back. Oh. And I was, I was, Matt wouldn't let me back. 
I, Joe Scarola let me back and he gave me my brown belt. We trained and then basically I went to a therapist to get help for myself. And he's like, look, dude, let's get your life together here. And uh, the guy's still helping me. So, so, so can I know. just, let me just go back like a few seconds here. And then, and so you said that you got kicked out, you know, so obviously people that you've known for years and, you know, you went to Florida with them and stuff. So, so you were going through some mental issues. Um, I can relate yeah. to that, you know. Um, you know, when I lost my gym, I lost my mind as well. Um, anyways, so for you, what was going through your mind, you know, during that process when you did get kicked out after you sang the song liar, liar in, in their, (laughs) (laughs) so when they told you to never come back, what happened? Like, I'm just, I'm very curious. I think I lost my mind, dude. I really think it was one hell of a night. <laughs> I think. I think uh, this is so perfect because today is four two zero, and we're talking about your drug drug days. It was a mess. I was on. I was I was on. I was on everything bad. I was on oxycotton. I was on. I was on everything, dude. It was just very bad and. I basically lost my mind and, uh, God, that's when I moved back to Long Island and, uh, I just, I lost my mind. Dude. That's all I could tell you. I just really went bonkers. And you went to go see a, a therapist for that, correct? Well, here's exactly what happened. Here's what happened. I went back to Jiu-Jitsu's jamming out training, but it's hard to train when you're so used to that competitive edge from Marcelo to go back to a local gym. It's tough. And you know, you have to sacrifice friendship and relationships to be the best. Like a guy like Johnny Grippo, he doesn't have a relationship with a girl because he's devoted his life to jujitsu, a boxer, an Olympic athlete. You don't have time, you know, like Michael Phelps doesn't have, I mean, he gets women, but he doesn't have a girlfriend. And then he's like, all right, I got to go to, it's either one or the other. And you know, from boxing and running a business, you have to, that's your profession and that's your passion. So as you get older, then you could obviously transfer and balance a relationship. And But guys who are real competitive athletes, have to be very selfish and have to be focused on themselves. And uh, it was hard to go back to Long Island and train jujitsu when you're used to, you know, the elite level that, you know, a, a champion school has. And so there was always that, there was always that void, but, you know, I have so many family problems. I'm on drugs. I got a girlfriend that's driving me crazy. I'm out of my mind. And then Marcelo won't talk to me. Now imagine you give up your life to go move to Florida with the guy. And it wasn't his fault. I had just gone so crazy that I pretty much pushed them to the edge. And they're like, dude, we got to take a break. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with them. It was just me. I was so just, I went crazy. I mean, when your life goes topsy turvy, I mean, imagine this coronavirus. what's happening with people. You have, People who are panicking, they have no source of income. 
when your life is ripped away from you, mentally, you just collapse. And so I kind of just went haywire and I started drinking. I picked up the guitar. All of the, you know, we're all in a martial art for that uh, leadership role. So imagine, you know, a guy like Paul Banks, he doesn't drink. But meanwhile, all the musicians that I like and adore are all on drugs and drinking. So when I play the guitar, I want to start drinking. And now I'm drinking a bottle of wine a night to learn some outlaw country. And then my friend wrote, hey, have you ever had a nightcap? No, what's that? Oh, it's, it's a, a martini before bed. So now I'm drinking a bottle of wine. I'm drinking a martini. I'm playing the guitar. I have two songs, three songs, four songs now. Now I got fucking a bottle of wine. I got a half a bottle of vodka in me and I'm playing the guitar and that's seven days a week. So now I realize why I didn't so well with Row the Show is because my dopamine level was down. Oh. Got it. I was trying to figure out Row was in his peak performance, which he still is in, thanks to CBD Oil, sponsor of the show. <laughs> and uh, you know, my, my, my testosterone level was down. That's what it was. <laughs> Got it. Anyway, then... I mean, I, I, can tell, I can completely relate to what you're saying, you know, when you do lose everything that's important to you, or at least what you created yourself to be, you know, kind of like an identity. And then when it's taken away from you, you kind of like, you know, now what? I mean, I mean, for me, I would, I stopped caring, you know, I went from a person that was like completely on point to not giving a shit to someone that's like completely professional to not caring what I said and who I offended and stuff like that. So I can totally relate to that. Um, and, um, and yeah, so can you talk more about like, you know, what happened, like as far as when you realized you needed help and then what happened yeah. after that? Here's exactly what happened. Hurricane Sandy. Now remember, let, let, let's follow my steps so far. I've never had a relationship. I have unemployment, which pays at that time $300 a week. I've got no job skills. I love jujitsu. I moved back home with my parents at 39. Nothing's changed. And, uh, you know, basically I meet a girl who is my first love of my life. So this is at the time I just left Marcelo's. I had a falling out with him. I meet this babe. She's a top 10, and the three of us, we only date top 10, to be honest with you, because we have excellent taste. But, you know, uh, what happens is I start hanging out with her, and uh, I have no idea how to be in a relationship, so I'm still just doing my own thing. So she breaks up with me. She's like, dude, this guy's a fucking mess. So now my first love breaks up with me. My family has all these problems. I'm not training jujitsu with Marcelo. Marcelo Garcia, I pushed him to the edge. He's like, dude, Tatiana's like, you got to leave. Never come back, please. Please, please, goodbye. So now I cornered myself. I'm in, a, I'm in a six foot grave. I got nothing going. Now it's Hurricane Sandy. You know, I basically, I'm driving my parents' car to get uh, gas and I get T-boned. This guy, he's going 60 miles an hour, smashes into me. 
I drive up onto a person's lawn. I fucking get out of my car. My door's hanging off. I see the guy speed off, so I peel off after him. And I was just waiting online to get gas, but this guy just smashed me. Anyway, I, I go after this guy, and like two blocks later, he stops his car. So I stop my car. Now, remember, Hurricane Sandy, it was absolutely freezing out. So this guy, he must have been about 85 years old. He gets out of his car, turns, and starts walking towards me, and he has cataract sunglasses on him. So my door is hanging off my car. I'm like, hey, dude, stay back, stay back. I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? So he's like, what happened? I'm like, you hit me. Get back in your car. So anyway, the police come. They open up his car, and all these balloons start flying out. They start, all these, these birthday balloons start flying out of his car. So the next day I go to the hospital, and my friend, uh, he's like, you got to get Oxycontin. Tell him you're allergic to this, you know, Tylenol. Anyway, I get Oxycontin, and it's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. But now, remember, my life, I'm drinking a bottle of red wine, two martinis, and now I'm taking Oxycontin. So my life is just pretty much going nowhere. Can I just stop you for a second? What were those balloons? They just came out of his, it was like a Fellini film. They were just coming uh, out, endless balloons. Out of his, out of his uh, car, uh, his uh, the trunk, they were floating out. Was so he going anyway, to a birthday party like, or something? Concoct. What'd you say, Evan? Are you sure you weren't like concussed or something and just like hit, like hallucinating, kind of in shock? I, dude, this guy crawled into his trunk. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, Sorry for taking you off course. Go back to the. Let, uh, let's 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 the let's back. So we're having a good time in life. I'm playing the guitar. We're rocking out. Anyway, as uh, I don't even think I'm training jujitsu at this point. Now I'm just going through the motions of life. I've lost everything. So I'm pretty much living like these country songs that were written. So I'm literally living in a country song. I got nothing. I got no old lady. I got no job. I got nothing. Anyway, the one night I'm out at a bar and I'm having myself a drink. And this woman dressed in black sits next to me. And she's like, this is the worst margarita I've ever had. And I look at her and she said, uh, this is the worst drink, but you're a handsome guy. You have a Vespa. At the time I had a scooter. She's like, leave your number, leave your number on your scooter I'm newly divorced. I'm going to grab your number and then I'll call you. So anyway, this is my new love affair. And the reason why, here, here's exactly what happened. This woman was so insane that her family owned a lot of real estate. So she's like, hey, dude, uh, let's go pick up some money and go have some fun. Well, anyway, we go to Manhattan on like April 15th. And she'd go to the pizzeria and she's like, where's my money? And the guy's like, dude, I paid you on the first. I don't know. You're like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I need money. But I was popping Oxycontin that morning and I just couldn't get high. It was totally ruining it. So uh, basically she had a house in Southampton, like a beautiful mansion. And we drove out there and we're popping Oxy. We're having a good time. And she's like, oh my God, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have a weekend getaway. Anyway. We go out there, and uh, she had these gates, and she hit the button, she pressed her password, and the gates opened up, 
and we roll in with her Mercedes Benz, and it was about three to four foot high shrubs, grass, everything. She didn't cut the lawn. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So we get inside the place, and there's no electricity because she didn't pay the bill. So I'm like, dude, this woman is a fucking fast talker. She's ruining my buzz. And that was pretty much the reason why I was like, I'm kind of done doing drugs because this isn't fun. But the reason why I quit and I owe it to Marcelo Garcia, which is why I am his loyal soldier. Here is how we go. At this time, I meet a cognitive behavioral therapist and I meet him and the guy is wonderful. I say, please help me. Here's my problem. And I told this at the Marcelo Garcia black belt speech as I am number 35 under him, black belt. So he said, Brandon, what makes you happy? I said, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He said, okay. Uh, what do you, who makes you happy? I said, this guy, Marcelo Garcia makes me really happy. I said, I, I you know, I miss his training. It's elite training. Uh, you know, there's a void. I'm really unhappy. He goes, all right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to write letters, apology letters, handwritten to all these guys and see what sticks. One was to Josh Griffiths, not Josh Whiteskin, but Josh Griffiths. Josh Griffiths at Studio X at Clockwork, I wrote him an apology letter because he was the head and I was good friends with him. And then I ended up leaving with Marcelo again. So, you know, basically I wrote him an apology letter and I wrote Marcelo Garcia and Tatiana an apology letter. So this is around 2013. And so I'm on like 60 milligrams of Oxycontin. At this point, I'm on two bottles of wine a day. I got maybe three martinis in me and this is where my life is going. So I'm... At like five o'clock on like a Tuesday, I'm sleeping in my bed and I get a phone call from the front desk. He's like, yeah, Marcelo got your letter. It's all good. Come in tomorrow and speak with him. So the next day I get dressed. I go into the city from my parents' house in Long Island and I'm wearing a tracksuit. I was so messed up mentally. I was so paranoid. I thought it was a setup. So I, I brought brass knuckles with me because I was convinced that Paul Schreiner or one of these guys was going to try to jump me. <laughs> so I, I, so I, I walk in, I got my tracksuit on, and it was the whole old school crew, but I was waiting in the shadows. They were going to try to jump me and make an example because I came from that Sarah school, and that's another uh, episode podcast for another day, but those guys used to do hits, which like the Mafia, they'd be the K-Row, Long we Island. don't like, uh, yeah, they would, they would do hits. Like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it on another, on another podcast, but I'm looking you know, forward to would, that. Well, let me, let me just tell you, Marcelo came up to me and he shook my hand and he's like, Hey dude, you know, come back. It's all good. Just don't be a weirdo. And I'm like, Oh, it's all good. dude." And, well, anyway, yeah, right. <clears throat> you know, I'm lying to myself. So I think, about a week or two went by and I'm, you know, now I'm training, I'm doing my, you know, training and you know, we're having a good time. Oh, and here's what happened, really. The oxy got so bad and it was good for my car accident case. They were like, you have to take Xanax to go to sleep. So imagine I'm taking Xanax before jujitsu. I'm like, what the fuck? So here's exactly what happened. It was a Thursday and I went to the doctor and I got 180 uh, 30 milligram of Oxycontin plus my Xanax. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take these later tonight. You don't have work tomorrow. We're going to have a good time, whatever. 
Anyway, it's Thursday night. I go in the class train, and I'm sitting at the edge of the academy. And I'm just staring into space because, you know, I'm fucking just tweaked out. And my eyes blink. And in the blink of an eye, Marcelo is standing in front of me. And remember, the girl that I was dating, the older woman, was kind of ruining my buzz. So it was kind of like, all right, you know, it's kind of not so much fun anymore. But I couldn't kick the habit. Here's how I kicked the habit. I owe it to Marcelo Garcia. I never told him this, but I'm staring after class into space. And in the blink of an eye, Marcelo appeared. And he's like, how are you enjoying the class? How are you enjoying being back? I said, good. I'm happy to be back. And he goes, good. I'm happy you're back. And then literally, in the blink of an eye, he was gone. So I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Was I imagining that what it was? But on the way home, that compliment stuck with me so much that I got home and I opened up my pills and I I flushed them all down the toilet. And that was the last time I ever took an oxy. Congratulations. That's amazing. It's like the little things that someone can do that has like, it's nothing to them, but it'll change your entire life. I couldn't get it out of my mind, and I and I that was it, and I've been clean ever since. And the withdrawal was hell, but uh, that was it, dude. That was it. So that was 2013, and so the next order of business, I just have to cut my drinking down. You hear? It? Got it. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's an uh, that's an amazing story. I mean, you're going from like completely, you know, training with some of the best people, you know, kind of like losing it all because you know circumstances and you know um, drugs and and stuff like that. And then uh, you know, and thanks. If if anything, you, you really have to thank your therapist for you know, you know really having you write those letters to of apology you know i i gotta i'm gonna shoot him an email as well thanking him he's a funny guy but at 45 minutes he says brandon we have to stop i was about to say that you know i mean this story was getting really long and we're over we're like an hour in. i was like uh brandon we have to stop <laughs> we have to stop I know, uh, I know a lot of BFH stories because we've trained for years together, and like we love to chat while we're training, and we haven't even scratched the surface. uh, So we we definitely have to have you back. Let's get back on this. Ratchet Dojo is the number one podcast with over eighteen million unique viewers per week. The demographic are, uh, what was it they said about the TV show Entourage? It's like males between 30 and 40. 18 and 36. I like the demographic. Well, I don't know what our demographic is going to be. It's too uh, early to tell, but um, I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a bunch of BFH listening to this. And, uh, and, and I think it's great. I think it's like everybody that does some sort of martial arts you know, something happens in their life and, you know, they, they, whether, you know, your parents brought you in, but for, for most of us that started late, um, something had have to happen in order for you to like, whether it's in the past or recent and just to start martial arts, 
jujitsu, mixed martial arts, boxing, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And then you meet people like you, Brandon, who have this interesting, you know, life story that you would, you never have an opportunity to, to find out about because, you know, you just, you know, train with each other five minutes and you, you shoot the shit after class and, you know, maybe you'll be, be friends or maybe you won't be. So that's, that's a fantastic story. Thank you. And just so you know, I put my pants back on. <laughs> I'm gonna put my structure back on. Out of respect for jujitsu, <laughs> I'm feeling more comfortable now. <laughs> I think it's great that you know. I mean, there's some few few people that can like, you know, teachers. I should say that can just say one thing. It completely changes their students' life. And um, you know, I know Marcella had that impact on me as well. And uh, and I'm sure countless of amount of people. And, um, you know, and I think that a lot of teachers, you know, should look at themselves, you know, every single day and realize they're not just there to run a business. They're not just there to uh, teach jujitsu, but they're actually there to save someone's life. You know, at least that's my two cents. Well, I agree. Yeah. So I agree. Um. All right. So, man, you had a ratchet history. <laughs> I, had a, I had a ratchet history, my friend. It was messed up. <laughs> I mean, training with, uh, with, with, with Sarah, man, heel hooks, like, immediately. I mean, first of all, in a street fight, I would never pull off a heel, heel hook, you know, because why would I be on my back, you know? <laughs> um, well, that's, that's interesting. You know, if you, <clears throat> you have the boxing background. Yes. Thank now, goodness. I envision a lot of street fights. Would you prefer to be in the clinch or away from the from the uh, person? What are your thoughts? Body shots? Um, definitely counter-punching. Um, most people can't throw a p- punch correctly, so they leave themselves wide open. Um, oh. You know, I've had my, you know, share of street fights, and uh, we're not going to go into that at all but let's just say that you know i've had to use more jujitsu than i had to have used boxing this is true evan have you ever been in a street fight no he gets his yarmulke uh yeah (laughs) knocked off his head (laughs) that was the biggest thing we used to push someone some kid and you know their yarmulke would fall off Uh, anyways, um, yeah. So what do you guys think about, um, you know, Dana White buying an island? Did that really happen? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he says it's like, you know, it's on the way, but that's pretty freaking cool, man. Like, you know, imagine like training with some, training with some elite fighters, you know, on an island and, and then watching it. That's, that's pretty cool. Well, because Vegas is shut down, that's the only way he's going to be able to put on fight. Yeah, yeah. What do you, um, do you like, what do you think is going to be the the? Is it going to affect that? I mean, COVID nineteen. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go there. I mean, you're stuck on an island with people from all over the world. Yeah, I mean, if you're get, I I guess for like the uh, higher paid people, like um, you know, like Connor and Khabib, you know, they'll do it. But if you, yeah, to your point, like if you're making five thousand 
show and 5,000 to win, then maybe it isn't worth, you know, risking yeah, your health. Yeah, exactly. All right. Where is this located? Uh, to be determined, but he hasn't said it, but it's just like, you know, he's just, he's looking to buy an island because, you know, the shutdown. So Yeah, I think they're having trouble getting fighters like internationally into different countries. So this will be a way to circumvent that. Ah, got it. So he's looking at it from a long-term perspective as well. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah. So, all right. Anyways. Um, yeah. So you got, I you, love it. you have anything else to say, Brandon? Um, you know, and you got your black belt. So, you know, how's life been after black belt? I've done a lot of meditation and a lot of horseback riding. And I became the Stetson man. I love that. <laughs> I am the Stetson man. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I am the Stetson man. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to look at something other than jujitsu in life. I would suggest that you tune into the Ratchet Dojo podcast on Tuesday nights going forward, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You should so, so, so for, for you listeners, uh, uh, we, we had this show, uh, uh, what do you call it, scheduled um, or this taping, and then Brandon, like two hours before he he asked Which us to move, DFH, he, he asked <laughs> he asked us to move this to Tuesday because he wanted to watch what show B BFH, the voice with my parents and then singer songwriter songwriter. Hey, Monday night. Hey, I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. It just sounds funny to me. <laughs> my, my Monday night consists of I I I eat I eat vanilla ice cream. And we turn on The Voice and then Songland. And I, I daydream about Paul Banks. And, you know, we sing. That's <laughs> best friends, that is, and his security guard in Jiu-Jitsu. And, I mean, hey, Ro, not for nothing, you're a stand-up, obviously, in ground two. But it, you could have two bodyguards. He's got the money for it. You know, if someone comes close, you punch. I take down. Whatever. Who cares? I protect I protect Paul. But, you yeah, know. So, okay. So, you so I'll hit him high and you hit him low. And then we say, and then, <laughs> and then we say, I guess what, bitch? <laughs> wrong one. Hold on. You got knocked the fuck out, man. <laughs> you got knocked the That's fuck right. out, man. <laughs> I've been dying Can to use that one. <laughs> if we got like Paul Banks so into like MMA that he's like, he'll roll. Like we go out one night, you know, cause we're his, you know, security guards and we're like in Germany. He's like, you know, bro, I really want to get into a street fight tonight. I'm ready to test my skills. <laughs> I don't like, we have to coach him. Come on, dude. Come on, do that in single leg, like dental floss sweep. Ah! <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> not like, Speaking of ratchet videos, did you see the, this is kind of old, but it's on topic, like uh, talking about coaching uh, Paul Banks. Did you see the video of, uh, <laughs> what's that famous, um, really big fat uh, DJ Khaled. Yeah. Oh my wife, God. His wife is holding uh, trainers holding pads for DJ Khaled's wife, and he's like over in the corner. He's taping. He's like, "All right, come on, show me what you got. Show me what you got." And then his <laughs> wife is like, "Yo, Khaled, shut the fuck up, Fred." <laughs> it was so 
I actually posted that on my Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to find it right now. Let's see. Uh, it, it was hilarious, man, because he's like, yo, ain't nobody want to hear your voice. And you go, shut up, you know? Chill. And then he's like, chill, 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 boo, chill. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, I mean, for a guy that doesn't, oh, here it is, here it is. Here, listen to this. You can do it, you can do it. That's him in the background. All that talky talk, let's do it. Oh, we can't hear anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Yo, chill. Chill, man. Calm down. Yo, chill. Man, chill. Come on, let's go. I think that's most couples. I think that's most couples right now. It's just, you know, it's like just arguing in, in at home, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did we uh, what? No, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, Hell yeah, boy. Uh, I'm, I'm coming here the whole time. For an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. I missed the voice for this. I missed the voice for this. <laughs> Did you record it? I mean, it's you know. It's show. <laughs> yes, my parents recorded it. And then, you know, basically we watched TV. And then, uh, you know, tomorrow we'll do the same thing. Tomorrow we're going to watch Masterpiece Theater. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Helen, Helen Hunt in a very good world to uh, what are you guys doing to this whole Michigan? So I mean, I'm I'm pretty much working like nine to five, and then you know, sometime in the evening, Justin comes over and we train for like an hour or two, and nice. then uh, I just read and maybe watch some TV and stuff. What about you, Ro? Um, so. In the morning, I'm a dog walker. <laughs> I have two dogs, and I walk them. And then in, in the middle of the day, or and 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 dinner, I cook dinner. I mean, I cook. So I've been, I cooked duck duck today. So I've been wow. like, I know it's crazy, you know. So I've been really, I've, I've been getting really good at the uh, cooking. And then uh, at mm. nights, yeah, and at nights, I'm kind of like learning all this this whole podcast world, you know. I mean. It's it's pretty cool, you know. So that's what I am. That those are the three things I do. As far as working out is concerned, man, I need to like do something. Yeah, dude. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. Ro, how many dogs do you have? How many what? Dogs. How many dogs do you have? Uh, I have two puppies. Now, they're cute and small, but what I mean, what would happen if you were walking them and they they jump the fence into the I guess the Hudson River. Would you go jump? <laughs> uh, damn, that's a great question. Of course. <laughs> I, I, I've actually, I've actually swam. I've actually s- swam in, in in the in the Hudson. So, um, you know, when I used if to you do. You could only save one of them. I know which one you'd save. No, no. I mean, I'd save both of them. But yeah, you know. How would you break the news to your old lady going back, being like, "Hey, babe, <laughs> uh, dump that too." <laughs> <laughs> hey babe uh you know you know lost the dog <laughs> my bad i'll get you another one <laughs> so uh so uh that's tonight right well i'm back <laughs> Rose, since i've since you've gone back to uh eating meat and dropped the vegan diet yeah uh, have you experienced any adverse effects or vertigo or anything no um yeah for those of you that don't know i i have vertigo and no i have not because i've i've cut back a lot of different things um i haven't drank caffeine in about a month and a half uh sugar yeah um 
sugar I cut down and uh, but the meat so I've been slowly um, experimenting with what triggers my vertigo so so that's that's pretty much the long and short of this the, the answer um, all right so with that said you guys um, I think that you know we should wrap this up um, Brandon great great story man it's pretty cool yeah it's kind of a <laughs> kind of inspirational you know started from the bottom now you're a black belt you know <laughs> waiting for eight o'clock to you know watch the voice <laughs> this is the voice. so if you are if you are a lower rank belt this is what's possible for you i just want to give you guys you know the high standards some of you might want to be world champions some of you want to watch the voice <laughs> yeah yeah, just to think, like you could, uh, you could be right now in your parents' basement, and uh, twelve years from now, you could be back in your parents' basement. <laughs> At least you'll be a black belt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, I'm a black belt, mom. I'm a black belt. Mom, meatloaf. <laughs> you know when I'll tell you a funny story, real fast. You'll like this one, bro. So we're talking about marijuana. We're talking about pot. So. I moved back home. I'm 31 years old. I got nothing going for me. <laughs> this is sad. And, uh, you know, my, my buddy Ed Marks comes over, who is a really good musician. He's a, a producer, musician. And so he brings over some pot. I'm like, hey, Ed, I don't think we should smoke in my parents' basement. And he's like, no, it's cool. I'll open up a window. Well, anyway, sure enough, the window doesn't open. So we, I'm like, dude, don't smoke. You know? Anyway, we smoke. We smoke anyway. And my mom comes up to the, at the top of the stairs. She's like, hey, BFH, are you smoking pot downstairs? And I'm like, no, mom, go away. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe jujitsu might not be the avenue you want to take in your life. Maybe you get yoga certified or maybe, you know, I don't know. But, mom, go away. <laughs> I've got to go downstairs. Don't, don't come down. I've got to go. I had a girl, so one of the best girls I, I ever lost. She was a winner. She was a lawyer. So she's like, who do you live with? I said, I live with my roommate. So she goes, you live with your roommates? I said, yeah. So Christmas Eve, she comes over, and I'm talking. She was dressed like she was going to a movie for me. So she comes over, and my family is sitting in the kitchen, my mom, my dad, my family, and she's like, what the hell is this? I'm like, hey, these are my, roo these are my roommates. What? It's a joke. Okay. <laughs> so she was so pissed off. She broke up with me on the spot, and I'm like, "Well, it's a joke. You can't take a joke." And she's like, "You live with your parents." I'm like, "What? They're my roommates." <laughs> it's like that, that movie, The Wedding Singer, Bobby Boucher. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a different movie. But yeah, Wedding Singer. I was gonna say Bobby Boucher, but that's that's the other one. The, you the know, Water Boy. That's, that's the, the Water, water boy. boy. Oh my God! All I didn't, right, I did. I'll give you one more, one, one more, and then let me let you go. I got a girl. <laughs> All right, I I met her. She's a she's a winner. She's a winner. So she lives in Long Beach, Long Island. You know, beautiful house on the water. She's having a good time. So you know, life is easy. We're having fun. She comes over to my. <laughs> she comes over. I must be thirty two years old, and she comes over into my bedroom, and. You know, we wake up the next morning and she sees all of my old uh, soccer and football trophies on my top shelf. And she's like, dude, I think you got to get rid of those. And uh, I did the next day. But my mom's like, why would you throw out your old trophies? Aren't you proud of them anymore? 
You guys still there? <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. still here. We're, we're <laughs> waiting. <laughs> All right, you got to edit, edit that one out. All right, well, you know what, gentlemen? I got to go watch The Voice. I love both of you. God bless you. So, Ro, have you been able to go up to your uh, rooftop or not at all? Uh, yeah, the rooftop's open, but, um, you know, guests are not allowed, so. But I haven't been up wow. there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. yeah, my building just completely just shut down, you know, any or uh -huh. minimized, you know, people from the outside world. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. With that said, um, you know, I mean, uh, when I smoke, um, I usually laugh this much and I didn't smoke, but I still laugh this much. So <laughs> thank you for that, Brandon. <laughs> Anytime, uh, any last again. words, Bra uh, any last words, Evan, uh, maybe to our sponsors? Uh <laughs> uh, CBD for life, 420. Wake and bake, bro. Wake and bake. And, uh, and and let me just say this one thing because I want you to plug it. This was the best experience of my 2020 being on Ratchet Dojo Radio.com, the number one podcast in the universe. You're going to ask me, bro, and this is for a future podcast, but you're going to ask me about my music career. Absolutely. Everyone can go on. YouTube and listen to the awesome twins, BFH and the awesome twins. And you could hear the saddest love songs you'll ever hear. BFH and the awesome twins. And do you want to give people your Instagram handle? My Instagram is forever BFH. My soundcloud.com forward slash the awesome twins. YouTube BFH and the awesome twins and Got ladies. Got it. And for, the, for those of you Single, that are, go ahead. Looking at Say that again. God bless America. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for those of you that want to know, uh, our Instagram handle is Ratchet Dojo, R-A-T-C-H-E-T-D-O-J-O -O on Instagram. Uh, TikTok, uh, it's the same, but it's not up. Uh, and as far as um, my Instagram, if you're interested in finding out more about your host, uh, Row to Show, R-O-T-H-E-S-H-O-W. And my co-host, Evan, you want to give your Instagram handle or no? Yeah, it's because I'm Jewish at Instagram.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's not his Instagram handle, but okay. <laughs> All right, you guys. So for... You know, just want to say thank you. Uh, stay safe out there. I know most of you are still indoors, so uh, keep the faith. And uh, tune into our next episode, which is happening uh, soon. And, um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Until next time. Peace. Hey. Peace. Peace.